In each episode of the Rebel Educator podcast, you'll hear discussions with world-class educators, students, and thought leaders in education as I extract the tactics, tools, and routines that you can use as teachers and parents. I'm Tanya Sheckley, founder of Up Academy and host of Rebel Educator. I invite you to join me for these conversations as I discover how to shift the classroom, the learning environment, the mindset, and the pedagogy to resist tradition, reignite wonder, and reimagine the future of education. Subscribe to Rebel Educator wherever you get your podcasts. On today's show, the guys are talking with Will Yang of Albert.io. We've got an East Initiative update, information about a free giveaway. You won't want to miss that. All of that and more up next on EduTech Guys. You're listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys Radio. I'm David Henderson. Hey, and I'm Jeff Madlock. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in. And it's the day after Election Day as we're recording this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots happened. Lots yeah. changed and some things didn't change. Some things didn't change. <laughs> same ship, same rats, same water. That's right. But hey, uh, we'll see what happens. A lot of states had a lot of things on the ballots. Um, some of them good for education, some yeah. of them bad for education. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll let those play out over the next month and see how that goes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, either way it does go, why don't you go out to the web and check us out at www.edutechguys.com or you know, just go to Google. Type in EduTech, guys. I probably should just put that on loop. That's right. right. Uh, You're going to find us out on the web. We're out there voting. So I got a sticker. That's right. That's right. We're we're voting after the fact. Yeah. (laughs) That way way we win. I keep the sticker on my mirror at the house, and I just peel it off every year and put it back on so people leave me alone. I didn't even get a sticker. They had no stickers in our county at all. Yeah. That's... (laughs) I, I don't know if you saw my Facebook post, but uh, I said, you know, t- t- just the day after and you know, voting's done and everything's happened. And I bet most Americans can't tell you how many people are in the House of Representatives and how many seats are in the Senate. Yeah. But they got their sticker. Right. You got your sticker. And they got the vote. <laughs> well, so, good for know, them. Well, by the same token, though. I'm probably going to get I'm probably going to get crucified for this, but. Honestly, most people, you know, most people are are worried about. They concentrate on the local things to them. So I would hope, at least, that most of the people understand who their representative, who their senator is yeah. in their area, even if they don't understand necessarily how it works on the grand scale. At least, maybe, hopefully, they yeah. understand on the local. We well, you know scale. it's really interesting. It, this this some really interesting stuff happened. There was the Beto guy. Mm-hmm. Beto or whatever his name was, right. the, the young guy, right. um, used to be a punk rock bander. Yeah, he raised more money than any other um, campaign person. Man, campaign person, uh, you know, candidate, and um, against Ted Cruz, and he still lost. Right. That 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 kind of says something right there. Yeah. You know, you might have all the money, but it might not be the right money. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, and and evidently from that particular election, it shows that you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have the backing of the people that you're supposedly representing, then you lose. Well, you know, and it, it's interesting how the, the voting process works. I think it's safe to say that wealthy people have a much easier time voting than the working class. 
Oh, well, absolutely. Because, you know, we're, in work, we're, we're at work. And, uh, mm-hmm. so the, and I, not just like, oh, Jeff, you're the working class. But you know what I mean? I mean, the working class. Mm-hmm. You know, there are very few factories that shut down on election day so that you can go vote. Right. And that's an interesting one. You know, it's funny how we close on Columbus Day and we pick a President's Day to shut down everything. It seems like, you know, major election days, we would just close down for the day. It would be a holiday because it is kind of a holiday. It's our, it's our right and a privilege Right to vote, and you think we would close down so that the polls could think about that though? Could the polls even handle that if we actually didn't have work day on that day? It would just be wow, a lot of folks would go vote. That, that could be well, you would hope so. Yeah. I, I will tell you where where I went to vote. There were lots of folks um, voting where I was. I mean, I I waited now. Realize that we are in uh, southern rural Arkansas as we say this. So, um, at least where I normally go vote, it's very unusual to wait in line, period, let alone wait in line for almost an hour. Now, I realize there are parts of the country where they're like, man, an hour? I waited in line for, you know, half of the day. And there were seven lines. Well, and and actually, in a weird sort of way, that actually kind of plays into your whole thought there. You know, there are places in the country where they do, you know, you have to wait in line for three, four hours to vote. Why isn't, you know, election day, whether it's an you know whether it's a it's a mid season or regular uh, election rotation. Why aren't those national holidays? We know it. And I look here. The polls closed here in in you know Hope, Arkansas. They yeah. closed at seven thirty. Yeah, they probably closed in your area. Right. There was mm-hmm. seven thirty also. Yep. Well, you know that means that if I get off at five or five thirty, I've got two hours to go vote. Yeah. Well, you know I've been working all day. Right. I've got kids at home. I've got to get meals made. I've got to you know mm-hmm. uh, that's just not very cool. It doesn't seem like that. But, well, hey. I, and I, and I would tell you while while I was waiting, you know, I was already in line in the, in the in the rotation to to actually cast my vote, and while while waiting, there were several people that they opened the door, looked in, and went nah, and walked around and walked out. Wow. So you know, so there's votes that didn't happen, and, and that's sad. But for locally know? here, when you know we have candidates that. You know, one person pulled in 236 votes and one person pulled in 161 votes. Right. And, you know, that's that's small town America, folks. And that's interesting. You know, if eight people walk out or 30 people walk out or, you know, 50, that's somebody. You just change the the whole scheme there. And and, in the way things work in Arkansas and tying it to education, a lot of times that could be the difference between a millage increase or or even, even if it's not an increase, a millage uh, being sustained to help the local schools with a building project or some other project that they have going on. Um, it, it could mean something if there's something at the state level in terms of education. It could make it could make the difference between that passing or not passing, right. good, bad, or ugly. I mean, yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. But anyway, funny. we got off on that little rant right there. <laughs> yeah, this is the EduTech guys, not the. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how we got poli sci guys. The Lear News reporter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. it's, it's, but it, that's what it is. Hey, I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break, uh, catch a quick uh, sponsor uh, uh, clip, and uh, we'll be right back after this. This episode of EduTech Guys is brought to you by Sky PBX. Take your calls to the cloud. With a cloud-based PBX, your cell phone can be your extension number and your desk phone can be in your home office, giving the caller a seamless way to get a hold of you or your employees. With our cloud PBX, you can have your phone anywhere with an internet connection. 
professional services, cost-effective, scalable, and adaptable. Easy to use, SkyPBX. SkyPBX.com. That's S-K-Y-E-P-B-X.com. Hey, welcome back to the EduTech guys. We're really excited to have our guest on today, and uh, we're going to let him tell us who he is and what he's, where he's from and what he does and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, here we go. Hey, guys. My name is Will Yang, and I'm the co-founder and chief schools officer of Albert. And what we do is we empower teachers to unlock the potential in all learners. And so it's through our interactive platform in which we support high school teachers and students as they master different curriculum areas. That's really cool. So now David and I have, we've looked at the website and everything, yeah. uh, but so give our listeners kind of an idea of all the aspects that you, uh, you know, a summary of what you guys cover from uh, maybe uh, the SAT to say AP advanced placement, things like that. Yeah. So we started really in the advanced placement space. And then over the last few years, we've really ventured out to cover everything from SAT, ACT, Common Core, as well as the next generation science standards. And so our broader goal is to really tackle everything in a 9 through 12 curriculum. And then we've also begun developing things at a middle school level and will continue to go downwards in terms of uh, the content coverage that we, that we are able to do. That's cool. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, um, as Jeff said, you know, we, we looked at the website and um, kind of poked around just, just a little bit. Um, so is, is your platform um, – I don't want to compare you to other – entities that are similar, so I'm trying to think of a way to word this. Is your platform essentially um, uh, a, an online like learning platform, an online learning community? Yeah, the easiest way to really simplify us is we focus on the practice components that is often not emphasized by a lot of you know, LMSs or other platforms. So we have created over 75,000 or like organic practice questions from scratch mm -hmm. that wow. cover the content standards. And essentially what we say is let us do the heavy lifting in terms of all the administrative stuff that a teacher has to do. Things like creating assignments, sending those assignments in place, uh, and also curating all that content. So the old school method that a lot of teachers do is they source from three or four different places and they're, they're pulling from all these different places, spending a bunch of hours. And we're trying to cut down that time to really focus the teacher on what matters most, which is driving student study time and making sure that they're able to draw important insights into their classrooms to see where they can differentiate instruction and meet students at their particular need. And so we believe that really, you know, the dominant instructional platform of the future is going to be one that unifies all content areas, all instructional use cases, uses data so that teachers can enable automations and make recommendations, and then is also just intuitive and nice to use. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a big plus right there. Well, and that's the first thing that I that I noticed about the site was how uh, intuitive it was and and how easy to use it was. Um, so let me ask this question. Um, so when you talk about um, automation, that that's the word that really kicks in place for teachers when they're tying it to say a state standards, say here in Arkansas where we're based. Um, when they tie it into it and they're able to look at students and find out where they're proficient, when they're not proficient, when they're, you know, they've exceeded standards. Um, will the, will your platform actually help them make better decisions um, and point them in a better direction for those educators? Yeah. So we do all of the grading instantly for the educator. And so what we allow them to do is allow them to see at their data, at their classroom view, who's in the mastery section, who's struggling, who's proficient, and essentially allows them to create then follow on assignments 
for them to meet the student at where they're at their where they're currently pacing. And so it's really unique in that you know, going on to your standards point, every single one of our questions we wrote from scratch. We don't work with any other publisher. And what that means is that every single one of our questions is tagged down to the standards as well. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're teaching AP US history and you've got period one and you want to just isolate for period one practice questions. We have the ability for you to pick and choose those questions and instantly curate them for your student. So that allows for a really powerful, you know, practice experience that really very few platforms have. Um, and that's That's why, you know, going back to the intuitive point, a lot of teachers find us very sticky. So we're used by, you know, over 2,000 high schools that are paying us uh, year over year for subscriptions for their schools. And so it's something in which it clearly sticks with the teacher because we save them time. We make it faster for them to understand where their teachers, where their students are excelling or struggling, and then really make it easy for administrators as well to make sure that the ed tech purchases that they're making are actually being used by teachers and students. Oh, that's nice. So, uh, t- so touch on that. I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up about the administrator side. So, if I'm if I were a school administrator and I was wanting to get some of the data at say a building level, or if I was even higher, maybe you know a district level. But let's just let's just say you know, I'm a principal and I and I want to see what's happening in my high school with the AP courses. What does that look like from an administrator standpoint? Absolutely. So you can cut anything in terms of the data from a teacher or individual student level. So if I was an administrator and I wanted to just, you know, do an honor roll shout out to the top 25 students at my school, I can actually look all the way down to how the student answered in each particular subject that they used Albert for. On the flip side of that, if I wanted to just have a staff meeting and I wanted to say, hey, here are my five all-stars in terms of who's implemented Albert in the last two weeks. These are the teachers that sent the most assignments. This is how much time their students were spending on the site. Everything is cut all the way down to the individual student and teacher user, which is really, really powerful because if you think about it, going back to that original core vision of empowering teachers and making sure that we cover the entire high school curriculum, if you're using us in your school, we give you complete insights into your data from a student when they enter your school at grade nine and leave in grade 12. So you have year over year data trends that you can pull from and really you know, benefit. So uh, along that line, see, that, that's awesome. And that, that makes me think about the way um, schools see honors programs. And, you know, we, David and I are big into badging. We, we love the idea of badging and, and the way that that's, you know, allowing students and teachers to feel a, a huge um, achievement. But with Albert, we're talking about minute by minute uh, evaluation so that we can keep that honors program at, at a daily level almost. We can keep that, you know, you're doing a great job, not only for the students, but for the teachers, um, almost, uh, well, definitely just real time. Is, is, that, is that true? Pretty much, yeah. And what's really cool about this is I want to scope this beyond just honors because we support entire school districts at at every single curricular level. That means that, you know, your regular students, your honor students, your pre-honor students, all of them are on Albert. And what that allows is for a fully integrated experience in which if you're in pre-algebra in grade nine and you're trying to get up to algebra two, you know, by the time you're a senior, we've got that continual trend for the teacher to observe. And that's really, really important because we believe that, you know, some of the instructional challenges that teachers face is content differentiation and time. And then on the administrator side, it's change management, it's the data fragmentation, and it's the testing outcomes. And so we solve those sorts of things all into one place, and we do it all uh, through our platform. Well, and, and I love the fact that you, you touched on that they can take this data over 
um, you know, multiple years. So we can actually look at longitudinal data to discern if there are uh, certain trends, either upward or downward, and then focus on where those trends are occurring. You know, do I have, you know, is, is there a, a rock star teacher who, you know, no matter who comes into their class, man, they are really getting this. Or do I have maybe a, a, this particular class of or, or group of students seem to be, you know, holy cow, these kids are off the charts, and, and we're monitoring that and we're, we're tracking that over time. And I, I think that is very helpful from an administrator standpoint uh, in terms of looking over, like you were talking about, you know, being those change agents. You know, if, if, if there's something that needs to be implemented, then I've got the data here to go, okay, look, we, we're, we're struggling in this area, right? We need a little help in this area, whatever that happens to be. But now I see that, and so we can attack that directly rather than just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Absolutely. And I think that that, you know, when you, when it comes down to all these ed tech resources, that's where it's really important to have a fully integrated solution. What I mean by that is a lot of solutions are either just the data side or just the content side. And the problem with that approach is that if I'm an administrator and I've got to pull from two or three different vendors, you know, the first thing that goes is if I'm a teacher, you know, and I'm teaching a very, very particular class and I see that two or three of those practice questions are not aligned, I lose trust instantly. Right. And so we believe that educators, especially in education space, you know, everything comes down to trust and the reliability of your content and your data. And so what we do is on the student side of things, when a student is practicing on our site, we're giving them a detailed answer explanation behind every single answer choice. So if you chose B and the right answer was B, you know, we're actually telling you specifically why was choice B not the best choice of the option. Right. And then we also have dynamic question types as well. And so, you know, we think that it's all about giving the student those light bulb moments when they are inside and outside of the classroom so that you can differentiate for them. But then for the teacher, making it super simple so that they can really, you know, use Albert as a lodging pad for their discussions in class. So for example, if a student took a question and they realized, oh, I got this wrong, they can come to your class and be like, hey, Albert was telling me this, you know, I get that part, but I don't get this other part. So let's start the conversation there as opposed to wasting time, you know, talking about every single question choice again. Yeah, right, that's really exactly. Cool. Well, you know, that, that dates me, uh, online brain dumps in the, in the past. Some of my favorite were, no matter what answer I gave, it told me why Microsoft didn't like Berlin to talk to New Yorker. I'm just taking that. But, you know, what does do you think that that drives student success on your platform is that you chose A, but this is why this is why A is wrong. You think that helps drive the success that the students get more uh, committed to learning the why and the when and the where? Absolutely. I mean, I think at the end of the day, students, especially when they're at the high school level, they don't, you know, they don't want just the cookie cutter response. They want to know specifically the instant feedback at that moment of the brainwave of what they were thinking. And so what, if we can trigger that learning moment for them, then that just accelerates learning outcomes. And it really allows for you to grow, you know, what we say internally is it allows an educator to grow more pairs of hands because you're allowed to actually enter kind of the student's own space as they're working through the practice assignment and give them that instant feedback so that, you know, even if you're teaching in, in public schools now, you're teaching tons of students, you're not going to be able to give the one-on-one intention that you want to give to every single student. And so what Albert allows you to do is to 
kind of mimic that and serve as a proxy for you so that you can, again, have that launch pad of discussion with your students. And it's really helpful for teachers because, you know, we hear a lot of cases where students have parent-teacher conferences and essentially they're pulling up their Albert dashboard and they're saying, hey, let me look at how I did on this assignment. And then the parent and the teacher can have a healthy, productive conversation about, you know, what the student is doing wrong and how they can improve from there. Yeah. That's really awesome. So is, let's talk about the let's talk about technology. I know you guys probably sit around at least once or two or three times a day and talk about not just your platform, but where technology and education is going. Um, and I want to I want to get your take on that because I think that defines a lot about a lot of companies that are out there, especially in education and where they see this going. Um, I, you know, right off the bat, we talk about it all the time. I think the modern student looks at this technology the same way, I, you know, I graduated in 87. So, you know, a VCR was, you know, we put the tape in, we record our show. It was a VCR to me. It was magic to my grandparents, but it was, it was a VCR to me. And I think students nowadays, they look at this as like, this is a piece of equipment. This is a piece of technology that does multiple things for them and gets a job done. Um, where do you, where does your company see tech going in education in relation to the way students view it? Absolutely. So we believe that in the past, you know, a lot of ways that uh, ed tech companies specifically uh, approached the problems that they faced were either by specializing into a particular niche. So, for example, being just an ELA product or just a math product or on the flip side of that, you know, trying to go for the entire uh, curricul- course curriculum, but doing it in such a way in which you had as a result of that, you know, outdated data tools. Uh, things that, you know, teachers and parents didn't necessarily love, and you have a lot of legacy tech. And so we think that in terms of the direction of the space, the leaders that will emerge are those that are able to blend both and not make it into a binary choice of either getting just the specialist or getting, you know, the full curriculum, uh, you know, the Pearsons of the world, so to speak, the old school sort of approaches towards uh applying technology in the classroom. And so we think that, you know, it really comes down to the leaders that will provide complete curriculum coverage, be easy to use and fully integrated, uh, introduce cost reductions. So a lot of schools are spending money on six to seven different platforms. Uh, And so if you can bring it all into one place, it's kind of similar to what Amazon did in books you know, to the, to the overall retail space. Mm-hmm. And then finally, just providing data in an easy to understand way that, you know, allows for educators to take action on that information. I think that a lot of people attempt to do the data component, but they either make it way too complicated or, you know, they just don't dig in deeply enough. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think one of the things that, that we have seen, and, and I'm sure you have too, and heck, may, may have even helped lead to the creation of Albert to start with, but uh, what, one of the things that, that we have come across is you have data people, and and um, well, I'll just I'll just put it that way. You have folks who are are data, very data centric who decide to jump into education, uh, and then on the other side you have um, educators who are very curriculum centric who try to get into education technology, and there's not. Uh, there, there's there's kind of that that vast um, chasm in the middle where they where where they really needed to have existed, which it seems that that's kind of where you know Albert seems to be filling in that the, the chasm between. I mean, you know, I'm I'm picturing in my head like a valley, and you guys are filling up the the valley, you know, as as a way to kind of bridge that 
that to bridge that conversation and that gap between the folks who are very data centric and the folks who are very curriculum centric who but who don't get the data side of that uh, at least from talking to you today and from looking at, at some of the stuff Albert's doing I mean that's you guys I think anyway from what we've seen you guys are serving as uh, as that bridge yeah absolutely and I think that you know all this value uh, ultimately creates to a very strong, you know, pitch for an administrator, a teacher, or even a student to take to their teacher. You know, sometimes we have students that find us online Mm -hmm. and they go to their teacher and they're like, this site seems like it could do a lot of the stuff that we're doing in class. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that, you know, creating that sort of unified platform experience for practice. And I think that there has been a serious dearth of just supports that intentionally focus on the practice components for students. You know, a lot of people are trying to focus on teaching it from scratch, for example, giving the full online experience of that, or, you know, they're trying to just cover those data components. So we focus just on that practice component because we believe that's where the most learning occurs, you know, both inside and outside the classroom. It's giving that application. It's learning by doing. That's literally our formal corporation name is Learn by Doing, Inc. And so we truly live that motto, and we believe that that is going to be the center of, you know, the future of education when it comes to uh, the next generation of students as we have more and more digital citizens and just, you know, engagement in terms of the Chromebooks and other platforms that are coming out and being rolled out into the school. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, Will, we want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we, uh, first of all, if our listeners want to find out more about Albert, what's the best way to get in touch with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So if they're interested, they can check us out at www.albert.io. They can also call us at 312-470-2290 or email us at schools, plural schools, at albert.io. And we're also pretty active on Twitter. So uh, if you want to check us out on Twitter, I believe our handle is at learnwithalbert. Yeah, cool. And you guys are on Facebook too, I think, aren't you? Same thing, Learn With Albert. Yeah. Yes, we are on Facebook as well. Awesome. Cool. Very cool. Hey, Will, thanks for coming on the show. I'd love to catch up with you in the spring and see how this year has gone for you guys and and what uh, leaps and bounds you've made uh, since we've talked now. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Look forward to it, guys. Thanks for coming on the show. Talk to you soon. EduTech Guys Adobe Spark Giveaway. Dr. Monica Burns, the co-author of her new book, 40 Ways to Inject Creativity into Your Classroom with Adobe Spark is giving away a signed copy to one lucky EduTech Guys follower. Complete the form at classtechtips.com slash edutechguys by 11.59 a.m. Eastern Time on November 30th, 2018. The winner will be chosen randomly and announced in December. The winner must provide a U.S. shipping address when notified to claim the prize. Head over to classtechtips.com slash edutechguys for your chance to enter and win a copy of Dr. Monica Byrne's new book, 40 Ways to Inject Creativity into your classroom with Adobe Spark. Hello there, I'm Jerry Prince with EAST with this week's EAST Update. EAST is an elective in most schools, which gives us a great amount of freedom and flexibility, especially when compared to core classes. We don't have end-of-course exams or required semester tests or regimented curriculum. This does pose some challenges as students truly are in charge of where their learning goes. But when the dots are connected, it can be amazing. 
We recently visited with East Facilitator at Mineral Springs, Rob Plant, about some of the success he has had utilizing this freedom. I had a student this past year who was failing all of his classes, including one of mine. And I got, I got in contact with his mother, and I found out some interests of the student. And because I knew a little bit about the student, we were able to work together. And I actually allowed that student to write a rap uh, music in class. And then he learned Audacity and some video editing throughout that. And the kid was super successful at it. This is the magic that our facilitators have in helping find a passion that is not always obvious in their students, and then helping those students find something meaningful to pursue that passion. This creates an atmosphere for learning like no other. Kids get to come in and experience a totally different environment, and they get to work on things that they like, and we actually get to put some excitement in education. This unique learning environment applies to facilitators as well. They have just as many opportunities to learn and grow as do the students. Rob's growth that came from his passion and excitement gained some attention the past few months as he was nominated as a candidate for Arkansas Teacher of the Year. Mineral Springs is very much on the map doing some great things in education. Thanks Rob for sharing a glimpse into the changes you are making happen. And special thanks this week to our student composer Walker from Prairie Grove with Mixing It Up. If you're interested in the changes East students are making in their community, follow us on social media at the East Initiative or visit our website, eastinitiative.org. I'm Jerry Prince with East. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you so much to Jerry Prince and the folks at East Initiative Update, providing some background information about the flexibility and options that students have with the elective that is East. Yeah, lots of options. And I think if you're listening to this and you don't know about the East Initiative, you really need to take a look at it. Um, they've uh, they've been doing it when it wasn't cool. They was disco yeah. when disco wasn't cool. That's so right. <laughs> um, they've been doing it a long time, yeah. and they've probably done all the stuff you're trying to do and STEM and STEAM and things like that. Yeah. They've already done it, fallen down, picked themselves up, rebuilt, and they're running straight ahead again with it. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks again to the guys, at, and the, the ladies and gentlemen at East Initiative for that one. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I'm going to uh, reiterate a very special thanks to uh, Dr. Monica Burns. Remember the giveaway, it's through November 30th, and that is at cooltechtips.com slash edutechguys. Yeah. Awesome. So you get on it. If you want to get on it, that's right. That's it's, a, right. it's an autographed copy of, of the That'd latest cool. book. Yeah, can we sign up? The no. co <laughs> and, and uh, the co-author. By the way, if you're not familiar with the co-author, he is a uh, he works uh, for Adobe, and he is like one of their Adobe Spark oh, superstars. Cool. Yeah, so that's cool. Awesome stuff. Great well, book. We'll be watching out. If you're listening to the show, we'll drop out an Adobe Spark uh, 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 ad for uh, Dr. Monica Burns. Yeah, we'll make one in Adobe Spark and drop it out there. We there use it on occasion. Yeah, so, very yep. cool stuff. Awesome. Well, hey, it's been a great show. Uh, it has. If you're out there listening, you want to catch us live, we are going to be at AES, excuse me, AESA in Colorado Springs, Colorado at the end of November, November 28th through December 1st. Yep. And then we'll be at Christmas. <laughs> yes, yes, we will. <laughs> hey, and then uh, in January, we'll be at FETC in Orlando. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, ICE in uh, Chicago. Yeah, uh, and then we Illinois. got the Conrad Challenge down in back in Orlando. Really and busy. several other things we have going on. We're going to have a 
an awesomely busy spring season uh, for live coverage. But before we get there, we will be at uh, AESA in Colorado Springs here in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, so be sure and check the website, and you'll find everywhere we're going to be. Yeah, awesome stuff, man. Hey, great show. I'm David Henderson. I'm Jeff Madlock. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. This is Ross Romano from The Authority here on the B Podcast Network. It's the show where I interview people who know what they're talking about, and no matter your role, we have some recent episodes you won't want to miss. I spoke with Mark Miller, international best-selling author and VP of high-performance leadership at Chick-fil-A, about his brand new book, Culture Rules. Kate Everly Walker, CEO of Presence and author of The Good Boss, joined the show, and we've had conversations with Baruti Caffelli, Peter DeWitt, Julie Evans, and many more. Join us each week for ideas to address your current pain points, new perspectives from authors you admire, and fresh takes from up-and-coming voices. Subscribe to The Authority Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.